You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Life is full of amazing moments. Some make you laugh, some make you cry, and some are just downright brutal. I'm Rachel Burchett, and this is my Brutal Life. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Brutal Life. And I'm so good to be here with you. <laughs> you are so, so good I'm to so be good. here. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> I've worked today at the, my brain is still in transition from leaving the hairy coconut to my new place. Oh, there it is. So it's all good. Were you <laughs> leaving the hairy coconut? To, <laughs> let's not give that any context. And hopefully people are listening to this for the first time having no idea what you're talking about. Because the hairy coconut is a mental institution, is it not? No, it's not a mental institution. Well, I know that you guys it's do some form of therapy. Therapy. There. It's <laughs> therapy with what we do there. Welcome my co-host, Jeremy. Yeah, that's me. JG. Boom, boom. So, and I have this wonderful guest with me that I've only known for a short amount of time, Dustin Hunt. Hello. Hello. How are What's you? Up, man? I'm great. Yeah. I, this is kind of a, this is kind of fun for me because I have two musicians in the studio and I tried to get you both to do karaoke. We just know. And they look at me like I'm an idiot. It's, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. We, if, uh, what, if you do you tip, think we just, I'll, I'll play. I was going to say, I when, can tip. we <laughs> are kidding. professionals. We don't just do it. Yeah. I know, but it would it's be going to cost you. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, I could get, I could rally. Not to mention, what do you think we're going to do? It's like, oh, okay. And then we just bust into some <laughs> song that clearly all of us know that we're when just. When I go somewhere, people's all like, what should I do with my hair? Well, that's, but I, do you have an answer? I typically yeah, yeah exactly I yeah i mean we would have to if you gave us you know probably wouldn't take long five minutes to step out of the room we'd come back in and be like okay we're ready to be on the spot and it would be you know boys to men song or something <laughs> boys to men <laughs> oh no 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 we'd have to do an ode to oklahoma we'll have to do a color me bad tune oh my gosh oh my, <laughs> which there's only one that anybody knows do you have a favorite song you like to play when you do uh yes yeah, say hello to heaven chris cornell yeah. It's one of my favorites. It's even more special now. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. No, I'm just saying it would be a bucket list to see you two play yeah. together. Okay. I'm just Someday. Just put that out in there. In a world. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> in a world. You got to really dig in. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no I'm, just, I'm just sitting and enjoy the entertainment. So thank you, Justin, for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I wanted to um, open this up by saying I know you're going through something right now in your life and I've been praying for you and Rachel and everything she's transitioning all that that she's having to navigate through and um and I saw on Facebook and I wanted to highlight this that are you raising are there is there money being raised why don't you tell us what a little bit about what I'm talking about so yeah, we can so bring the people up uh like an older brother to me Zach Huber passed away of just like he found out he had like stage four cancer and then 22 days later 21 days later he's gone that so fast. It was just super fast um he's got an eight-year-old liam who's who's just a special little kid and mm -hmm. so is rachel and uh i think if you would like to donate they're they're taking donations for his school i do not have the name of the school the school yeah. well we'll I get a hold of it school. put in the show notes. we will yeah. yeah um I knew Zach and Rachel because Liam went to my daughter's learning center, Kids Point Learning Center, and that's where I met. And of course, she has her and I had the same name, so that's always a natural highlight. Mm -hmm. um, and m did not know that you were connected with them until I came and watched you play at 
was it a Hera theater? Uh, it's pro. It's I possible. think it was like a Hera theater. And I told Danielle, I said, I think this little boy was there. I only know one Liam. Yeah. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, and then, then my, I think it was after that, that, um, I'm going to go way back probably into your world. And you had posted something on Facebook about wanting to get back into worship. And I'm where I'm going to go is how you showed up in the, at East Point. Oh, I guess so. Okay. And so I just messaged you. Do you remember that? You probably don't remember that, do you? I remember Somewhat. a lot of things. I messaged you and I said, hey, I saw you posted this. Why don't you come out? I was wondering how I ended up there. That's how you ended <laughs> up. Yeah. That's how you ended up. I typically have no fear leaning into people's world. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what was going on in your life at that time? How, how, why were you wanting to get back into worship? Wow. Yeah. Long story short, I had moved to Nashville. My brother had said that we had this record deal on the table and I had moved out there and my ex-wife at the time was supposed to come with my son and, and things ended up happening and pain and sorrow and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Lost no record deal pretty much lost everything was at the end of a rope and wow. ended up coming back to Oklahoma and that's where I was in life. But I, out there I had gone through inner healing and this, this hard moment where I had almost blown my head off in my apartment and like literally came back to the Lord. I, I had tested every other religion that there was, every other way of thought, every psychedelic, every, everything you could test in the world. And I, and I came back and found that, that Christ is true. So, Take me through that. How did you test it all? Take me through some of that. Uh, I grew up in the church, was was pressed into it. I, I had a vision when I was eight years old and met Jesus in my bedroom and just knew that he was the truth. But it, it was like a more terrifying truth. Uh-huh. And like I was born with chronic asthma, sick all the time, hospitalized. So I was always on drugs. Like I think that's how the enemy tried to snuff me out. I was just always on some sort of pharmaceutical or pharmakia as we call it or sorcery in the bible <laughs> so i was like i would have visions and dreams and i would i would equate it to the to the drugs or to to the lord but i met the lord and i knew he was the truth and i was raised up in the church and then in my immaturity i was hurt by people in the church like most people are mm-hmm. so 18 years old i'm like screw the church i'm out right. i'm gonna go check out every other religion right. because i know that there is a god there's a higher power so i checked out buddhism islam acid <laughs> all of it like everywhere where, where does the congregation meet for acid <laughs> yeah exactly it wasn't my house in Stillwater. okay got it no good so but you grew up in church you got hurt mm-hmm. by the church yeah so what were some of the things you were bumping up into uh man it's just like you know how like leaders try to build this this thing and it's, it's not wrong on their behalf to try to build the thing but sometimes people get used or feel used yeah. if there's no like close-knit relationship mm-hmm. discipling somebody along mm-hmm. so that that kind of took place but the beauty is like it's all come full circle like kind of one of those per- people that was in my life that got that that hurt me mm-hmm. was discipled by a guy who discipled the guy that that taught me how to deal with hurt mm-hmm. so the lord restored all that stuff mm-hmm. and and through it i've i've learned that like i was just immature and not giving grace and towards the people that had hurt me you know mm-hmm. so were you did you feel like did you ever feel like you were bumping up against religion? I mean, we all fumble around in religion. Mm-hmm. I think we all mm-hmm. grasp and try to understand it and know it. But in, unless we're truly attached to the vine, like 
we're going to hurt people. Mm-hmm. And even, even when we are attached to the vine, we, we hurt people. Sure. So mm-hmm. grace is something I've learned over f- 15 year period of just checking everything else out mm-hmm. and saying, well, I don't think this is true because I don't just evaporate into nothing. Like I have a personality right now. Mm-hmm. So I had to do away with Buddhism and all those things and meditation, but I learned things in those, those aspects that, that helped me with my, my walk with Christ now. I like what you said, because when I, cause I pastored for years and then got my life hit hard turns and I got out. And when I got out of church, I intentionally didn't go for a while because I knew all the, I know all the stuff. I know the rules. I know the laws. I know the Bible. I knew the man-made structure and I quit listening to any pastor teaching and really started diving into the heart of the father. I didn't want to hear any voice other than my God's voice and what was he saying to me. And I, in 2017, um, I was, I was started going through a lot of inner healing, a lot of integration, a lot of soul searching wounds, you know, not realizing that I was being limited by the lies that I had believed about God, um, Jesus. But I started really listening to people other than pastors and realizing that if I follow the voice of truth, I can hear truth in anything as long as it doesn't matter if we're not, you and I aren't going to agree on everything, but I can hear the father in you and go, yeah, that I agree on that. He's so I started listening to, you know, just right off the top of my head, like Brene Brown and different, different people that I would have never started listening to because of the box I lived in and started healing and just getting wisdom and allowing Holy Spirit to teach me. So is that what you're saying when you were taking that journey? I listened to all that stuff. And was it Spurgeon that said, like, you take a crooked stick, you don't try to point out the crookedness in the stick, you just set it next to the straight stick. And then, like, that's, yeah. mm-hmm. like, I tested, I pulled the books off the shelf and tested them. I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. So, like, when somebody discipled me to the Word of God and taught me how to, strictly run to that for everything like Mm -hmm. all that other stuff like Mm -hmm. there may be parts of truth in it but if it's not lined up with that straight stick like i got no use for it anymore so that was a process of 20 years of testing well it's a process of um i would say deconstructing Mm. deconstructing thoughts deconstructing mindsets deconstructing things that had been taught to me and not things that I had experienced from the heart of the father. Um, Even though the teaching came out of the book, the Bible, the scripture, it was taught to me in a way that I didn't experience when I let God teach me and, and really, and, and clean me up on the inside. Then I heard it the way the father needed me to hear it. And it healed. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Um, And his word will not return void. And okay, well, I had a lot of, I always, always saw myself when I came out of this, like a caricature, big O head, small body, had a lot of knowledge, but did I have the wisdom to integrate it and the understanding to execute it? And I, I didn't experience that until, um, until, until God gave me a, a very specific prophetic word um, that I knew was my life. I knew it was the life I had been in, 
the life I was in and the life where he was taking me. Um, and it was filled with all different kinds of signs and symbols and sayings and that I knew I had to get before my father so I could see the eyes that he needed me to see. And I could read the invisible story that he was painting for my life and not a story that other people were painting. Was it you? Was it you with my brother? We talked about uh, the scripture, write the vision, make it plain Mm -hmm. and how I'm learning the difference between for years. I wrote the vision and asked God to make it plain. And my brother said to me, you know, for years we lived, you know, Rachel, it was you and God. And now I'm saying, God, show me the vision and make it plain so I can see it. And I'm going to live the last half of my life, God and me. And it's taken me from judgment and expectation to hope and discernment. And, and I'm, I'm standing in the middle of that lesson. And I don't know if I even have all the context for it but learning that if I stay in hope and discernment it's such a softer place and I see through the eyes of love and I want to hear through the ears of love in everything I see but we get it wrong yeah it's it's that Genosco firsthand contact knowledge of just personal like firsthand experience with the spirit and Mm -hmm. with God and and his word and no one can teach you that. It, it's putting oil in your lamp mm-hmm. by, by going yeah. and being with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because God's not just heard. Because a lot of times, and Jeremy and I have talked about this, you know, it's all about hearing God's voice, hearing God's voice, hearing God's voice. Yes, but I want to feel God's heart. I want to I I see the, the face of the Father. I want to experience his goodness. But I can't do that if I'm got my eyes turned inward on myself. Now I'm all about self-love and self-care. Love God, love others as you love yourself. I'm all about that. But because when I want to go, I want to go out in my world and express that too. And it's, it's, it's a daily, a daily who, who was it? I think it was Stephen Furtick said that, you know, when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and savior, it took 20 seconds to accept him as our savior. It's taken me, 47 years to make him a Lord of my life, <laughs> you know, cause it's an ongoing, yeah. going struggle. That's what I realized that a young child, <laughs> I, I called him my savior, but I didn't let him Lord over my Be decisions, my, my feelings, my choices and my desires. And I'm still learning that. It's, I think we it's should a stay daily there. process mm-hmm. of crawling on the altar and dying. Yeah. I think it's funny that the language we learn early on, we just let it blow past us. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, there was a dude, I don't remember the circumstance, but he always talked about his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that's how he always worded it. And I remember being in a group of people, and we just knew they were going to say Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like, he never <laughs> said Jesus, mm. never said the Son, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? And But I think the thing is we, we gloss over that. We learn our Christian language, and we don't t- take time to absorb what that really means. because And different people grab onto different things. Yeah. I, I came, I, I wasn't raised in church at all, and so, like, when I, when I did meet Jesus, it was very personal for me from day one. And I took what I heard, he's the Lord and savior of my life. Like I took that in its completion. He saved me and he had, he, he bought me like that, that Mm -hmm. thought process that I'm his, not in a negative way by any stretch, but in a thankful, grateful way. But that's the whole point. Like he's my Lord. Right. And so I fought inconsistencies forever 
But then there are other things that you just kind of gloss over. You hear other people say it, you don't think about it. And it's interesting to me to see these moments of revelation for people and recognizing kind of those differences. And it's not to say he was Lord of everything in my life. Cause like you said, it's like an ongoing process, right? right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, uh, you don't know what you don't know until you, Do you, you know, know it, you, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, Oh, Oh, oh. <laughs> you're like, gross. Yeah. I didn't know that about me. <laughs> but, but I think that's the thing is man, making him Lord, um, man, that is the crux of what's gone wrong with the entire nation Yes, and, and Christianity, <laughs> man, it's so broken. Like it is so broken in, uh, in the Western mindset. And the problem is, as I say that it implies that I know what's right, but I don't, mm-hmm. I know what I know today, but I also know that 20 years ago, what I thought isn't right either, right. you know? And so it's evolving but I think the key is, oh, as I see it, like I'm following after Christ. So everything about him is what I focus on and what I see him talk about all the time and what I hear him focus on all the time is the father mm-hmm. and that relationship. And this is what I was reminded of when you were talking earlier. I was thinking about, you know, the father, God, the absence of a relationship. You were talking about the words and then you wanted to feel the father, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, what came to mind to me was the story of Absalom and David. And we've talked about yeah. this before, but David's words were present in Absalom's life. Like he was the king. So his commands, his words were present. But Absalom didn't have a relationship with his father. He was estranged from his father because of the long story that you guys can read yourself in Kings. <laughs> but um, so there was never that relationship that ultimately, spoiler alert, ended up with the demise of Absalom Mm -hmm. and really Absalom's heart was compassionate. It was what led him down his path was, Mm -hmm. was hearts of compassion for his sister, sister. for his Mm -hmm. dad, even for the family. Um, and so, you know, without actually feeling the father, the embrace, the hug, cause, cause his dad Mm -hmm. basically shunned him, uh, and kept him away from him. Mm -hmm. So he was, he literally was abandoned and rejected and rejected mm-hmm. and that's something thank god like god doesn't do that i mean he oh, he holds yeah. us but how many times do we reject others like we're supposed to reflect the father <laughs> oh, yeah. and yeah. yet we reject yeah people all the time yeah. in the name of god yeah well and i have i have learned when when i my counselor would say to me all the time you know back to you know he's our savior and lord and i would agree yes yes and so i got so acute to those religious words that it just hit me one day and I thought, no, he's not Lord in this area. Well, what's the opposite of not having something? If he's not Lord in an area, then it was idle. I had an idol there and I was like, he, oh my gosh. And so sometimes rejection becomes the idol that we protect because I don't, so whenever I'm trying to, you know, something comes and hits that rejection, I'm going to respond in, yeah. you know, you know, hatred or anger or bitterness or resentment. And so, um, so you're exploring other religions and you went where you, you weren't living in Oklahoma at the time, were you? I started, I moved to Stillwater and was up there in college. Mm-hmm. So about 18, 19, 20, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And then like, I've always tested Jesus and mm-hmm. prayed to God and uh-huh. asked in the name of Jesus because it's ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be a part of the church. Mm-hmm. But I was also going like, Jesus, are you these other things too? Sure. And like, I grew up out of that. And you talk about feeling the father. Uh, like 
three days before Zach died. It may have been the day I went to my desolate place at the park. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I have a picture. I took a picture of myself because I was uncontrollably just weeping mm-hmm. before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why is this? And like I hear Isaiah 45 in my head, I go to it. He's like, I create light. I create darkness. I create prosperity. I create adversity. I do all these things. I am the Lord. And then he says, like, who is the clay pot to say to the potter, why did you make it this way? Mm-hmm. Like, who are you to ask the father what the father is fathering? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're right. Mm. Like, I can't see like you see. You're right. right. But in that moment, that was feeling him feeling through, his his, through his just like his, his amazing love. Like, I don't have to understand. Right. I don't have to know. But I do know that he's there because he spoke to me. Right. The creator of the universe just spoke to mm. me and gave I, me a hug. I want to throw a challenge into this because I think for our listeners sake, when my mom, I was living in Pennsylvania and she said, Hey, I want you to pray with me. I walked in off like in the neighborhood uh, from, from playing with her friends. She's around a coffee table. She says, I want you to pray with me. I said, okay. (laughs) And she said, um, she walked me through the sinner's prayer. She wanted to make sure that I was saved. (laughs) And so I was like, so I said the prayer and she was crying and I was mad. And she said, why are you mad? Why are you so upset? And I said, why do I want to be a part of anything that makes you cry? Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. <laughs> and so I want to ask this of you because that scripture you just gave, I think, you know, for you, it brought you comfort mm. for a lot of people that that would be like, well, then I'm out. It's hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Totally Cause it's understand. a hard word. So, yeah. so dive into that a little bit. How, what, how, how did that affect you in, in that way? Mm. How did you get your peace in that? So like my life verse is Isaiah 26, three, it's, it, he keeps the mind in perfect peace. who's steadfast on him. And that mm-hmm. means like the clay pot who's resting and remaining in him. He keeps him at perfect peace. And like, I can always be put into peace because I was chosen before the foundations yet mm-hmm. formed. Like my calling is irrevocable. Mm-hmm. So as far as I tried to run, like he wasn't going to let me run. I was right. a sheep trapped in whatever I was trapped in, but he would always come save me out of it because he knew that he had placed this in me, this incorruptible seed, because I would believe. Yeah. And I don't want to get into predestination and all that stuff. But, <laughs> but at the same time, like when I see people that, that question the word and that question those things, I pray for them. And yeah. I ask like, Lord, draw this person to have the faith that I have. And then I, I pray their hope. I like, I hope that this person gets what I get. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're here as Christians to do. And then if they're good soil, I invite them in to walk with me and unpack all the layers of (laughs) trash that we we get deceived by, you know? Yeah. So what was the question? (laughs) Well, no, I was, (laughs) well, first off, that's good. good. And I'm going to call, I'm going to call that maybe part eight. Well, because you were, you were weeping before the Lord over this loss. And he's like, as you worded it, who are you to ask about you know, I give light, I live, I take life, whatever. And, and so I, what I was getting at is that there are people that listen to this podcast who've been burned by there. First, let's say this. I think in this room, all three of us can draw the distinction between relationship with the father, going to church yeah. and religion. Like yeah. there's very clear distinction yeah. lines. But for a lot of people, who I don't listen, know. I don't know what going to church is. <laughs> exactly. Church. Precisely. <laughs> precisely my point. That's why yeah, we got yeah. it. <laughs> precisely my point. But but many people who listen to this podcast, yeah. that's just all the same thing. Like I I have people in my life that say, "Well, you're religious," <laughs> and I'm like, mm. I'm not even sure mm, what to say. Yeah. To, like, are you being mean? <laughs> you know. And so by that yeah, token, yeah. those folks hearing that 
so can you dive into that part? Like, where did you find your comfort in him saying, Hey, I create all this. I have a place where I, I, and I think I understand it, but for their sake, I think it goes back to like the good soil. He's given me eyes to see and ears to to hear hear. the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So if if somebody doesn't understand those things, it, it, he says, you must be born again by water and spirit. Right. So you can't comprehend those things without spirit. It's impossible. I tried. So, well, and the, the cool thing about what you're saying right there, if, if I were to phrase this, you would say to me, um, well, you can't understand it because you don't know. In other words, like this is, it's out of your peace came from the relationship with the father, yep. not out of yes. this passage you read. Yep. Yes. Yep. And I think that that's yep. the thing. I've often talked about this with folks that, um, because I deal with death differently, I think than a lot of people. Um, I, I learned early on when I, cause I, I got to ministry full-time ministry, as they say, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to put in quotes for those who aren't watching <laughs> live cause we don't have video. Um, <laughs> but when I, when that happened for me and I, I went from, and I left my first job mm-hmm. uh, and I'm saying that intentionally and went to work at another job and I'm like, you know, I'm never going to see like all these people again. And I thought, well, I'll see them in heaven. Right. right. <laughs> That's what I said in my right. mind. And then not that I'd never see them, but you know, by and large, you're going somewhere, there's 300 people. Right. And so I, I think what I started, I just treated funerals that way. Like when you start understanding that life on earth is this moment of time, like it's tiny. And, and the more we, we get older, we realize it's even shorter. And then when we get in eternity, we're going to be like, cow, like why have that barely, the only thing that made it relevant was the, the fact that this is, this is our moment to have these relationships. Relationships, Right. But, um, but I think this, it's the very same thing that drives even like holy wars. There are people that don't understand how people can go and die for Allah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, for them, and and I, I understand it. This isn't their end game. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we find then is where a person's faith really lies. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand we can all there. If you live in Oklahoma, you throw a rock. Somebody's like, yes, I believe in Jesus, whoever you hit. But, their life reflects what their real belief and faith mm-hmm. is. It, and it's not to say we're not saddened by not being able to see somebody. That's not even my point. My point is, is that when we, when we don't really have confidence in that end game, mm-hmm. when we don't have confidence of where we're really going to go, that mm-hmm. shines through yeah. in fear and anxieties and uh, just distraughtness overall. Right. Why, why I say that verse is my life verse, because it goes on to say, because he trusts in the Lord. So mm-hmm. like if my head's right on the truth and centered on the truth, then my heart will be, and so will my hands. Mm-hmm. And and the beauty is, like people think I'm weird and look at death weird. The, every death I've seen before, I'm like, I know the truth. I mm-hmm. know we're going to resurrect. And if they know Jesus, I'm, I'm great with it. This one hit hard. Yeah. And the Lord taught me something on how to grieve with people because I didn't mm-hmm. grieve like other people grieve, but I I learned how to grieve yeah. with a with a mother who lost her son, with with a wife who lost her, her husband. husband and a child. Like I got to grieve with them and it was the most amazing, beautiful thing ever. And then beauty from ashes became so yeah. true yeah. and I have hope and I get to spread the truth of what my faith and if if some don't believe it, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. There, aside from Jesus, there's no hope. I, like I would blow my head off right now and I'd not suffer another day in this world if Christ was not true. Because right. yeah. there's no point. Like right. relationships aren't enough right. for me. Right. Sure. Right. Well, y- if, we, if there's no Jesus, there's no hope. Yeah. There's no reason. There's for no life. hope. Yeah. Because expectations destroy us mm-hmm. because they don't. They aren't met. Because mm-hmm. man fail. But that verse for you 
is a verse that brought you comfort because you know the Father. Yeah. Somebody else who's reading that verse, and you've been in a journey of understanding that, of understanding the Father and how he mm-hmm. speaks to you. And so that moment of emotion was moving through you. And I love that he showed you grief because I, you know, grief is a long process. And uh, it came, one of my clients said, well, you know, Jesus didn't know grief. And I said, oh, yeah, he did. He was a man of many sorrows. He had grief. It never said he laughed in the Bible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but what, and I said, what was interesting is the day he died on the cross, where's Joseph? He wasn't there. Yeah. Why he wasn't he there? a long time ago, right? Okay, and so if he died a long time ago, did he or did he not have the ability to raise him from the dead? He did. Yeah. It just wasn't his time. So I believe that he went through the grief of losing his father and watching his mother have to deal with the grief of losing the one she'd loved since she was 16. Doesn't say when she died. Even if you look at Lazarus, when Lazarus dies, it says he was deeply moved, which is like embryo Mm -hmm. my, which I go to anger first when it comes Mm -hmm. to grief. And that means snorting like an angry horse. (laughs) Jesus was snorting like an angry horse at death. Yeah. Like he knew it. Yeah. He but he also knew the it. truth. Right. right. He felt it for us. But he felt it because he was human. He needed mm-hmm. to feel grief because he took on everything. Yeah. And grief is, I think, one of the hardest, it's one of the hardest emotions to process through. It it, it sits up in your chest. because people a gamut of emotions. Yeah. Because it's not. Because it, people just go, oh my gosh, it hurts. And yeah. they'll usually go like this. This hurts. Yeah. Because it's breaking your heart. Yeah, if I didn't have the word in Christ and know how to be attached to the vine, I wouldn't make it through Mm-mm. it. No, but you have to feel it. And I yeah. love what you just said. He let you feel it. Taught me how to feel it. Yeah. So you can have empathy mm-hmm. for somebody that, because he comes alongside us mm-hmm. and comforts us so we can come alongside others. There's times I go, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why I had to go through this, this sucks it's turned me into somebody that i didn't think i was but it, when i get through it i'm like oh my gosh it's a history of every character in the bible I've, yes <laughs> exactly it's a great story you should check it out do you have a favorite bible character oh man i'm a paul like i was a persecutor i was a, a hater yeah like I, I was i was saul and paul did you have a damascus road experience oh yeah 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 tell me about it i had a beretta 92 fs to my head <laughs> Tell me about it. And I, I tested the Lord and he, thankfully he didn't, like he didn't hate me for testing him. Yeah. I just said like, if there's a purpose for my life, I need you to save me in this moment. Cause I, I, I don't want to be here. I've just mm-hmm. hurt everybody. I've, I've ruined everything. And in that moment, like I literally lost, my wife told me she wanted a divorce on a Friday and my brother kicked me out of the band on a Saturday. Oh, and wow. literally the only thought that saved me was the Lord started flooding me with this roommate that I had that we used to get up and read the word together. Mm. He was like, he's going to have to clean your brain up. Mm. I was like, that's what saved me. But then the next day, randomly two houses down or like two streets over from my brother, as my parents are driving out there, as I confessed all this to him, they're freaking out. Like, what do we do? There's a guy who does inner healing, like two streets over from Romania. Wow. In Nashville. Just wow. randomly. Well, of so course. I spent yeah. I spent yeah. eleven hours at his house confessing sin and just getting visions and, mm-hmm. and things that I needed to unpack and just took all that 
stuff out of my backpack and gave it up, up to the cross. It's what yeah. I call the invisible hand of God, the it's providential so hand of God. I know. You think random or I just so happen or this just so, no, no, no. God yeah. had you in that house at that moment because that person was yeah. there. I, I am living in the invisible hand of God that just yep. so happens, which nothing's just so I happen. Know. It's all God. And that's why I have faith. Orchestrated. Upon faith. Yeah. Upon faith. Yeah. So um, talk to me about your inner healing experience. Uh, it was, he, he had a systematic way of doing it with using the word to show me where like Satan imprints on you. Mm-hmm. And, I just went through and confessed all the places that the word revealed, like teaching, rebuking, correcting, all mm-hmm. those things that the spirit cut me open and showed me. Like I 11 had, hours. 11 hours. And that's short. I probably should have gone longer because <laughs> well, there's more stuff since You're then. probably I'm, still I in it. I go back to it, yeah. <laughs> but like we would just nail to the cross and cover, ask to be covered with the blood and then thank with gratitude that he, that he healed us. And I had lists and lists of stuff that I had people I hadn't forgiven. There was a vision that I got of my dad holding me up. It was like I was seeing it in third person in the dark. My dad was trying to get me to go to sleep at two years old. He's holding me up in the air and I was afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. And there was like bats and scary things mm-hmm. screaming. Mm-hmm. And the guy he prophesied over me was like, that was, that was Satan trying to make you afraid of your earthly father. So mm. that you would not trust your heavenly father. And I was like, I confess. Oh. Like I, I, I fell face down and it was like, that was an imprint when I was a child. That so did he walk you through forgiveness of forgiving oh your dad? Yeah, forgiveness mm-hmm. and every person that I had had any kind of murder or hatred towards, like it blows my mind that if we think hatred thoughts towards people we're murdering already, mm-hmm. like I'm a, I'm a serial killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told the guys that, that disciple me, <laughs> the guys that I walked with, they were, I, I was like, I would have been a serial killer, and I am a serial killer, <laughs> apart from Jesus. And one of the guys pulled his shirt up, and he goes, "We got him." He's <laughs> like wearing a wire. <laughs> so good, perfect timing. <laughs> we got. So, him. do you? St- <laughs> I'm totally stealing that. <laughs> it was so I good. mean, when you're counseling you people, it's all the time. It. Yeah. So just one more time, real clearly, tell me. <laughs> Get really close to your mic. All right, move in, move in, move in. <laughs> it was so good. Red team go. It was so good. I love you, Robert. <laughs> Do you still have a relationship with that guy? Oh yeah, we're brothers. We still talk in D group. And Is he here? Oh, the guy. No, that, the guy. That, no, no, he disappeared into the shadows. I, I haven't heard from him. I have no clue where he's at. Wow. Mm. He invited me to come live on his land, and he was going to disciple me how to walk people through that stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I ended up listening to myself and coming back and taking care of my kid instead yeah. of staying out there. But that was the right choice. But then it, like the Lord's brought me three people into my office that I've actually walked people through that. Yeah. So mm. he just, when they show up, I do right. it. You lean in. Yep. That's what you're supposed to I do. I have all the paperwork. So I, I probably don't do it well, but <laughs> I know the word. Well, it, it's funny. I used to tell people it, you know, how people who would try to get other people saved or to walk them through the mm. sinner's prayer. And I'm like, if you if you screw it up, I think God's got yeah. it. I think well, it's he's not gonna, me doing it; it's a word. <laughs> so like, um, wait, no, Rachel uh, got you saved, Dustin. I'm sorry you didn't nah. say the prayer right. You're not going to get into heaven. No, <laughs> it's just the word that causes people to repent, and then yeah. all those unclean things don't have room to walk around. Well, there. it's the, his kindness that leads us to change, yeah. and he was so kind to you. You know, mm-hmm. did you uh, did you think your uh, musical career was over? Did you? Well, when I when I switched my identity from being a musician, mm. it uh-huh. was like everything shifted. I'm like, I don't, I'm not a musician. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a child of God. That's mm-hmm. my identity. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't care at that point. Right. You know, yeah. I actually stopped listening to music and stopped playing and stopped doing it for a while. But then I was like, I can't do that. He's giving me the it's a gift. So. It's and now I get to stand on stage and teach other young people how to 
lead worship. Like yeah. Do you did you find people just looking at you weird when you talk like I that? Have, I have a weird head. They always look at well, me. Well, <laughs> I just remember I, I used to tell people this all the time because they would say something about being a musician. I'm like, I'm not really a musician. Yeah. And they're like, What do you mean? I said, Well, I've known musicians. They live and breathe music, and I just I don't. Mm-hmm, he does. I, I I don't. Music is a uh, a thing. I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none. none. That's mm-hmm. hey, and the world needs That's all true. those That's, folks. Yeah. I mean, um, no, but seriously, it's like I, I've I've known real musicians. They live and breathe music, and I I don't. I I've I've always said that God's called me. He He equipped me to be able to minister to musicians. Yeah. And that's what I've done my whole life. I just do what he says next. Yeah. Whatever the next thing is. Exactly. I remember when we, cause I've known Jeremy for years and years and years, 20 plus years. And I remember when he first worked, we worked together and the thing I saw in him and I see it in you too, is Jeremy was a psalmist. It wasn't just that his, he could, he was gifted and talented. It was that he radiated what God wanted the people to hear. And when he, he could sing a song and I would hear it. My heart would hear it. I, every part of me would hear it, but I was hearing the father behind his, the way he plays. That's why, I mean, there's so much, I, I feel like healing when he plays and when I first was, I don't even know how you and I became Facebook friends at the time, but I just remember the moment when you put that out there about you wanted to get back into worship. I saw something in you. I didn't see you. I saw something in you that I thought I want, if I could, if I could help pull that out and just give you a moment to get back into worship I wanted God to use to to create that I wanted to create that space for you and so you were just coming out of that that inner healing when yeah, you came I just moved back back here mm-hmm. so talk to me about after you got back here oh I I played there and then something happened like it it was like I got hurt there mm-hmm. I don't know what happened I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I don't, I remember it's leaving good, man. There and going, we can go no, through no, some no. hypnotic regression if no, you it's, want. It's crazy. I think I came back and actually played it at Heritage where I'm at now. And they, they used me for a couple of weeks to fill. And then, yeah, I think you went guy. straight from there to there, didn't you? Yeah. From there so to I, Heritage. I left you guys. It wasn't, I don't remember what happened there. It was it's okay. Blur. It's okay. But then I went to Heritage. When again. I left there, I was uh, upset, hurt, and disappointed. <laughs> Hey, Just when so I left there, I was upset, hurt, and disappointed. <laughs> so I went, went back to Heritage, and they, like they used me for a couple of weeks, and I was like, "Oh, cool, I'm back in it." And then they hired some other guy, and, <laughs> and like I just I got back out of the church again. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm still at the place that I got hurt three times. Well, it's because you're in the heart of the Father yeah. and not yeah. in church. I was I was literally in the restroom one time listening to the to the guy who was my youth pastor, who was discipled by my current lead pastor. And I'm just like the, their voice, his voice is bouncing off the walls. I'm like, this is so crazy how <laughs> the Lord orchestrated all these men in my life who were ones from Kansas City, and like somehow we're all connected. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm back there, but the Lord has just healed me so much through through His Word. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's put me into into all the pieces into the whole. Yeah. Well, he's always working in our future. Yeah. He's, like he knew he declared the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So he's always right. working in our future, and I believe. He's always showing us our future if we have eyes to see 
because all through the Bible, you know, he talked in metaphors and signs and symbols and sayings, and you had to, you had to know what, what is, you know, and if you didn't, if you couldn't perceive what he was saying. And so I think all these men in your life were people in your history and God decided to thread them all through for your purpose Mm -hmm. and your destiny. You know, you, you, you are are a musician and you play well, but that's not who you are. You're here for a higher. There's a scripture. uh, There's a couple places where I think it says Jesus opened their minds to receive the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. And that always blows my mind. It's like at that Kairos opportune moment, Mm -hmm. he just like peels back the veil a little bit Mm -hmm. and makes things more clear. Yes. Things got a lot clearer after. So I got hurt at our church uh-huh. and then I went back to drugs and, and Did alcohol. You? Yeah. Yeah. And, and got about the end, end of the rope. You know how they say like the, the unclean spirits come out and then it gets way worse. <laughs> mm. It got way worse. <laughs> what, what part, what time, when was this? Like what year? I have no idea. 2015, 16 okay. and then 17 is when. And nobody knew that I was like a drug addict except the people I was doing drugs with. I was like a closet, high-functioning drug user. Wow. I just And I wanted to numb myself because the profit gift in me is ridiculous. I knew what I was doing wrong, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to be numb. But mm-hmm. anyways, another Rachel, Chris's mm-hmm. wife, I, uh, they watched me play the night before. And I had been coming back there for a couple months and was like, I'm going to white-knuckle it. I'm quitting drugs. I'm going to start listening to the Lord and follow the Lord. And I white-knuckled it for about two months, stopped hanging out with some people that I love dearly. And then I played a show on Saturday night at Hera, and Chris and Rachel are sitting there, and they watch me play. And I see the guy that I I had been partying with my Mm -hmm. whole life. Like, he's a brother to me. I love him dearly. And I felt guilty, so I went and hung out with him. Had a Jack Daniels and then ended up doing cocaine all night. Mm it was mother's day the next day i promised my mom i'm coming to church so 6 a.m rolls around and i'm just like oh i did it again here i am sitting here and something in the word that day jesus was just like you've done your way all these years try mine yeah and Mm -hmm. that was the moment i made him lord and now i get to lead worship there and teach other people how to worship there and disciple people there like he's he took a coke head literally high on cocaine and in in service on mother's day and and shifted everything around. Mm. Did you just, was it a miracle that you got off of? Did you go through a process? Did nope. you go through, I it was, was just. I was healed. Like mm. I had tried to white knuckle it my whole life. And he was like, you've tried to do this. Why don't you just let me be Lord over it? Wow. And there was a stumble one time, but it was like, nope, not doing it. Wow. And, and it was because I learned how to attach to the word. Like you cannot mm-hmm. have self-control if you don't attach to the vine. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Then you met your wife. Well, I met her during all that. She was friends with a friend of mine, and she was she saw how crazy I was, mm-hmm. and the Lord told her to pray for me. She's like, this guy is out of control. <laughs> like, pray for this guy. And she, the Lord put on her to start praying for whatever my mom was praying. Yeah. So she started coming. In, in agreement in with, with your mom. my mom, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then like a month later, I was baptized, and I invited her to come, and she's just, <laughs> you guys are making me cry. Oh. Stop it. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> She's a gift. And, and mm. like even in our marriage right now, it's difficult. We're both confessing. Like we don't know how to love each other. Mm. But even in these hard moments, like mm-hmm. it's so it's so worth it. It's so good. Oh, like wow. a true lean mate. Like he gave a, a someone to oppose him. Like mm-hmm. we, we oppose each other and mm-hmm. we hold each other up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she was a big part of my conversion. Like it was... And I'd known her, I'd known her best friend my whole life. Really? And she'd been telling me about her. She's like, you didn't meet this girl. And every time I looked at her, I was like, eh, 
not attracted to her. Wow. But then when I gave my life to the Lord, we met and it was like, whoa. Then you saw her. Yeah. Yeah. She was 10 minutes away from me my whole life. Mm. Wow. That still blows my mind. That she was there, but you weren't ready for that gift. Yeah, and I would have totally messed it up. <laughs> Timing is everything. She I, had to go through all she went through. Sure. Too. You right. talk about a brutal life. You should have her on. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it. way better than mine. Okay. I'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> For sure. She's yeah, a, I want that just because I've never met her. I haven't either. She's a cool, cool lady. I, I don't deserve her. And I, oh, wait, tell I me do your... not love her like Christ loves the church, but I am you're growing dang in that. trying. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had to bleep him out. <laughs> you can believe it. It might make it more powerful. We've had podcasts where I've been bleeped a lot. You're talking about timing is everything. Well, yeah. The, you know, it's funny because we have... Uh, we get in these moments and it's an expression of our, our joy and our gratitude, right? We're like, man, I wish this would have happened 20 years mm-hmm. ago. And I don't know how many times I've like just me even working with different people and having these different opportunities. And you think, man, why did we wait so long to hang out or whatever it is? I'm like, man, 20 years ago, we wouldn't hang out. Yep. You'd have yep. hated me. I'd have hated you and, yep. or whatever, yep. you know? Yep. Yep. And I, and I think that's the thing, man, <clears throat> it's so easy to see those things. But, I, but to me, I, that's that's more of the miracle, for goodness mm. sake, man. I love that. But I that's mean, one thing you can't see till you're past it. Right. Yeah. You it's guys. Um, that story of Moses being in the cleft in the rock, like mm-hmm. that blows my mind every time. It's like you can't see the Lord when he's coming. You won't see him when he's there, but you will get to see, see his him when backside. He passes, right? yeah. I did uh, a podcast recording yesterday on conversations with uh, the uh, entertainment uh, director for the Thunder. And one of the stories we talked about is how I met his wife. It was the first wedding I did mm-hmm. was for him and his wife. And what's crazy is they're both from Houston. They met in Oklahoma City, but they met in Houston. They, when they were, he was a a DJ on a radio station. She was with a photographer who worked for the radio station. She was younger than him. Mm -hmm. So at the time he was in his 20s, she was like 16. And she would come in and he would put her on the air from time to time. He totally forgot. He knew her as Jennifer with a backpack. Wow. <laughs> and so like all, you know, full circle, he's now in Oklahoma City with the Thunder. He's looking for a DJ. The The club that the DJ works at, the bartender is this Jennifer with a backpack. Wow. So he hires the DJ. He says, and so he's talking to the bartender and she's like, oh, I knew a guy from Houston that worked for the team. I mean, like they started talking and figured it out. And then, yeah, ultimately, quick version, right. they get married. But but it was it's neat because if you look at that, first of all, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the time, John was, uh, I think he was either married or divorced, but but it, I mean, she was 16, like, right. right? So all that time passes, and now he's, I think they probably got married in his, and he was in his 40s or whatever. So Wow. Know. I do believe that. In fact, both my older two kids, I've told my kids, you've probably seen your mate. You just haven't seen them with the eyes that God needs mm. you to see him. And so when, when Chris and Danielle met, <laughs> when I saw Lori, it was not with the eyes of God. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> she wasn't, you were supposed to find her. You, I mean, yeah. I've, I learned who she was in Christ much later, but we all start at the bottom. Right <laughs> of the ladder. But Chris and Danielle, my oldest, they, their younger brothers, both play on the same basketball team, same football team. They never showed it up at the same game, but when they finally met, they realized, well, I was at that party. They both had friends from CHA. Their worlds evolved. And I, I told her, I said, I know you've seen him. You just haven't seen him. It wasn't supposed to free what you weren't supposed to see him yet. And when they went on their first date and they came to a basketball game, she walked in, they walked in and I thought, oh, she is smitten, you know, but they 
had been in the same environments and the same mm. atmospheres and I'm sure looked at each other, but they hadn't seen each other. And then my son, Jared, and his girlfriend, Lainey, they're, they're a steady, they're going to move forward. And her mom posted something on Facebook and said, Lainey's Mother's Day gift from when she was at Life Christian. And I was like, Lainey was at Life Christian? Well, Jared was at Life Christian. He was just in fourth grade. She was in first grade. They passed in the same hallway. So I know they looked at each other. Mm. He just didn't see her until it was time. And, and then they went to the same high school. Never saw her there. He said, I know I, until it just kind of happened. So I do believe that timing is everything and patience. And mm -hmm. patience is like one of those things you, people, that old saying, don't pray for patience. And I'm like. It's the song of Solomon. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't stir up love until it pleases. Yeah. And so, but we're all imperfect. Well, <laughs> even now my wife is probably at home questioning whether <laughs> whether she made the right decision we're both in it right now we're like we suck at loving each other like, it, it'll work out it'll work yeah, out i just, just need to remember that the lord orchestrated this yeah just white knuckle <laughs> yeah. it no no just i told kidding. her i'm letting the lord be the lord over our marriage yeah i can't control you well you're me. always working things out god's yeah. always working things out in you in yeah. her and if you're in a relationship together, you're going to change. Yep. And then she's got to change. That's and you're, good stuff. I, you have to become a student of her. Yeah. As you're always a student of you, yep. you have to become a student of her. And she has to become a student of you because God's always refining, changing, honing, sharpening, yep. renewing, rearranging. That's the key word. God is doing that. God is doing Not it. Not me. No, and, and he is. He's yeah. deconstructing, moving things around. Yep. Things become idols. And, and you know, what she liked in this season, she may not like in the next season. Dude. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> no, I'm just like Lori has gone through in the last year, like just changes. Mm -hmm. Not that bad. I mean, it's not bad. It's just like, man, like your person, like she said, that, okay, great example. Cause Rachel, you know her well. Yes. She said, I really want to get to know and meet new people. Not, I mean, that was a weird thing. Like as we started at work at this other yeah. church, she said, I don't, I, I really want to get to know people, make an effort to, to dive deeper with them or something like that. Wow. I know. I'm like, really? Or who are you? Cause she's, she's reserved. She's yeah. very, uh, I don't know. Shy is not the word. I but. call her mystique. She just holds her peace and holds her grace. She doesn't give lots of words, but when she speaks, you listen and but she's just been very open and forthcoming and and you're like i mean cool i guess like i <laughs> but think you're like, that, that's me that's I know, supposed she, to be me <laughs> she said she said is it okay i said well so far but i mean don't ask me to rule on it i mean i don't know let's see what happens but i just it, it's one of those things that her and i talk about this we've 25 years this year and one of the things we talk mm -hmm. about there's two things we'll tell everybody first of all you, you grow together you grow apart yep the, the, no no middle yep. ground and it's intentional you have to intentionally do that. Um, but the other thing is my favorite thing to say is when everybody loses, everybody wins. And this is basically compromise, but like I don't get my way. She didn't get her way. And together we neither one. It's, I taught it to my boys, a real simple lesson. We both hated this Mex or all of us hated this Mexican restaurant. And I won't say where it is, but I, <laughs> ugh, we hated it. And so I got in the car. Where do you guys want to go eat? My older two boys. And they're fighting. I'm like, all right, I know where we're going. And I drove straight to the restaurant. And they're like, why are we here? We all hate it. And I said, that's, that's why, why we're, we're here. Going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lord, uh, the Lord showed me a picture of this, this guy, Monji, in, in Africa that I'm walking with. And I, he was about to get married. And the Lord showed me a vision of like these two pillars that come together with a 
the keystone in the middle Mm -hmm. and he was like if if jesus is the foundation and the cornerstone of both of you like you each have individual stones that are certain stones and some of them need the living water to come make Mm -hmm. them smoother like i can't change those stones in my wife Mm -mm. i have to love who she is but if we hold each other up and jesus is like the center of our marriage which we're not great at doing that (laughs) like we love to point at each other's stones and go you need to shave some off that that. side one but but it was just like Like literally archway like our marriage like allows people to come to know jesus through it if he's the foundation if he's the cornerstone and if he's the keystone well and the power i think in a marriage is that it's the power i choose to stay i choose to love you because I, when I was kind of going through everything that I went through, um, I learned one that you are two individuals. You're two individuals. Yes. We're supposed to become one, but sometimes it's like, I, if I'm like this then I don't know who I am and I have to know who I am in Christ and I choose to be married to you. I choose. And if you sink, I'll fly underneath you and pull you up because Christ is my strength. And then we fly together. And because the power in my relationship with Jesus is I choose to stay. He will never leave me or forsake me. He has no back door in my relationship. I do. I can walk away. But the power in loving Jesus is I choose to stay. And I think that's the same in marriage as I choose you daily. I choose to stay married to you daily, which means I'm going to stay with my feet to the fire. And I, I choose to put him first and love me so I can love you out of the hope, out of the love that he gives me. And sometimes I think in marriage, we get it wrong. We're to love our, it's supposed to be Christ and then our spouse. Mm -mm. It's Christ, then me, then my spouse. I'm to love God and love others as I love myself. And if I don't love myself, I can't love my spouse. Like like I'm supposed to. Yeah, divine love is difficult. It apart is apart from Jesus. It, it, it's putting him Lord yeah. over our relationships. I think Lord that's the beauty of the gospel. It, it is him loving the church. Like that's how I'm supposed to love my wife. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to do. But to, you're the to church. Be patient with the yeah. two swords and <laughs> to yeah. be what, not one to teach all the time and mm-hmm. just to flee and go up the mountain, but to still have to heal and mm-hmm. pick up things and, and still communicate, <laughs> right? Oh, that's yep. a four letter word sometimes. Right. Still take the trash out, <laughs> still do chores. I don't mind that. Yeah. Well, you got to learn how to speak girl. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. Me. I stopped. He stopped. He looked up. I don't, not I don't mind that. That's right. <laughs> girl language is a whole nother language. <laughs> we, we pour out so much for other people that we forget to pour into each other. Right. And that's where right. I've got to go tend to the garden because I'm the leader in that. So. I confess, Elsa. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. She's going to get it. She's we got him, boys. We got him. <laughs> we got him. All right. She, she Elsa, all this come up. on in. <laughs> it is the Lord. <laughs> We've been fed things to ask you. No, and she's, so. <laughs> she's so amazing. I don't deserve such a good wife. No. I don't deserve such a good Savior or Lord either. So. Well, Nobody it. does. We all deserve hell. That's what yes, we deserve. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes I still go there. After everything you, yeah, well, after everything you've been through, you know, you may, you're making it. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you're my making. dad had a stroke. I had to preach for two weeks and then we find out Elsa's sister's got cancer. Oh, Zach died. Wow. I'm like, I'm still at peace though. Yeah. This is crazy. How's your What's dog going doing? On? My dog is awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. Don't tell our landlord that we have a dog there. I won't say anything. 
<laughs> we will put any of that out there. <laughs> he is amazing. All right. Well, then stop. there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Doing well, all right. Do, well, and I haven't killed Bambi yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a hunter. Is that good or bad? Like <laughs> I just got a Tommy boy reference. There it is. I have exactly. a plethora oh, of silly knowledge in my brain. <laughs> A lot of useless uh, information. You need to get yourself people look at me and like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm at perfect peace. Like, it's all going to be over soon. It's like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute. It'll all be over soon. <laughs> yeah, That's true. we're going to all go down eventually. <laughs> so, well, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, if there's anything you could say to anybody that's listening, what would you tell them? Attach to the vine because apart from him, you can do nothing. Amen. Booyah. Booyah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for logging on and listening. Share this podcast and we will see you next time. 